Do the anti-hero shows of today's world give you the jolt you need to get through a few droll months? I know that I do. Shows like Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy, and even comics like The Punisher give us a view into the feelings of an antagonist. However, they are portrayed as the protagonist. Just by the way, it's centered. On this month's bonus episode, I am going to be talking about The Sopranos and how Tony Soprano helped change television forever. Hello and welcome to Waters Media's fifth Patreon-exclusive bonus episode for January 2022. I'm David Waters, and on today's show, we're going to be talking about the topic of The Sopranos. It is 2022. We made it. Another year. Another one for the books. God knows, I... <laughs> I say this year was worse <laughs> than 2021. I don't know about y'all. We can compare and contrast all day long, but... Good lord, I'm just glad to be here with y'all and doing another solo podcast here by myself. I've uh, grown to enjoy the the solo podcast. I get to sit here and just not not talk to a wall because I'm talking with purpose. Uh, y'all are here with me, and so I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon. That's super cool of you, and without y'all's support, we couldn't do anything that we you know necessarily want to. So... Again, thank you for your support. Uh, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to give a brief spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Oh my goodness. I'm going to be talking about The Sopranos in not absolute depth, but I'm probably going to give away some of the important goings-ons of the show, and, and I just wanted to make sure that I put that there. So if you haven't finished The Sopranos, stop this now. Go and finish. It's such a good show. So please, 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 please. But let's get into it. First, I'm going to start with a quick little introduction about the show, and then we'll get into a little bit more nitty-gritty. The Sopranos is a American crime drama television series created by David Chase. The story revolves around Tony Soprano, played by James, James Galafini, a New York, New Jersey-based Italian-American mobster, portraying the difficulties that he faces as he tries to balance his family life with his role as the leader of a criminal organization. These are explored during therapy sessions with his psychiatrist, Jennifer Melfi, played by Lauren Bracco. The series features Tony's family members, mafia colleagues, and rivals in prominent roles, most notably his wife Carmela, played by Eddie Falco, and his protege slash just distant cousin, Christopher Moltisanti, played by Michael Imperioli. The pilot was ordered in 1997, and the show premiered on HBO on January 10th, 1999. The series ran for six seasons, totaling 86 episodes, until June 10th, 2007. The Sopranos is widely regarded as one of the greatest television shows of all time. Uh, the series won a multitude of awards, including Peabody Awards for its first two seasons, 21 Primetime Emmy Awards and even five Golden Globe Awards. 
It's been the subject of critical analysis, controversy, and parody, and has spawned books, a video game, soundtrack albums, podcasts, assorted merchandise, and more. Uh, several members of the show's cast and crew were largely unknown to the public, but since had full and successful careers, so congrats to them. In 2013, the Writers Guild of America named The Sopranos the best-written television series of all time, while TV Guide ranks it the best television series of all time. In 2016, the series ranked first in the Rolling Stones list of 100 great the hundred greatest television shows of all time. So a lot of, a lot of accolades. And uh, if you haven't watched it before, I, th- I don't think you'll understand. It's just, it's something at a base level, whenever you look straight at the, the Sopranos, it's kind of hard for you to distinguish it because t- in today's world, we have so many different anti-hero slant, pop culture things that you can choose from so the sopranos is like kind of maybe on your depending on how old you are definitely a one that's for for you know not your time like you might you might be thinking of i don't know uh, what comes to mind for me is like mad men breaking bad weeds sons of anarchy um, I've never watched this one, but The Wire, um, Oz as well. Some of my favorites, though, I have to say, like Antihero, um, is definitely like House from House, I guess. Uh, Hugh Laurie, um, he plays the Vicodin addicted doctor who just, he's really crazy. I love that, love that TV show. But some of my other favorites is definitely, I love, 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 love the House of Cards Netflix series. Uh, maybe what's his face? I can't remember his name off the top. Uh, in the show, it's Frank Underwood, but he plays a great anti-hero. And uh, I'm not sure exactly that. Like I said, I don't know that dude's name, but I know he got into some trouble recently. So, boof. A uh, few others. I think of Larry David too from. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, or even Seinfeld a little bit. I think Seinfeld's a good example of, like, anti-heroes, <laughs> um, like, with Jerry, Elaine, Kramer, and, and, and George. And then also, like, kind of catty corner with that is, like, Always Sunny in Philadelphia with uh, the gang. Like, they're, they're such bad people, but in their world, they're, they're the protagonist, and that's where we get that point of view from, so. Quite, quite, quite. Uh, I guess getting on to David Chase. Uh, this is the gentleman who uh, directed it and wrote it. Um, apparently he was, like, inspired uh, by, like, a lot of older, like, mafia-inspired things. Um, looking through his little catalog, I didn't see anything in particular that would stick out. Uh, I saw this one called The Unforgivables, but, like I said, old. Not for my time. Not for my time, so. And David Chase, I'm just gonna put you in there with little Martin Scorsese action, you know. <laughs> I know, I know that name. Haha. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> Uh, David Chase, though, like, what a hell of a writer, what a hell of a cinematographer, though. I feel like a, a lot of the scenes within The Sopranos, it's, um, really 
well, like, it points out stuff that can only be conveyed through camera cuts and not through acting, like, even, like, the tone of a room, like, the tone of a room, um, just by a cut to one person giving the eyes and then, like, silence, like, just insert silence there, like, you know that that is, like, some tension cake that's just ready to be cut, be it by somebody dying or, uh, something like that. Uh, so yeah, congrats to David Chase. And, you know, for me personally, like going into it, I, somebody had, I don't know. I think I saw that there's a movie that come out recently called the many saints of Newark. And I was actually halfway, um, through the movie before I started recording this. I didn't want to go much into it. Um, cause I'll think maybe I'll save that for a random, you know, um, you haven't seen that movie podcast episode or whatnot, but, uh, needless to say, like I'm always one trying to find something new to watch. Um, I came to, I can't even remember the TV show that I honestly watched before this one because uh, this one was so in depth. Um, feel like it took me honestly almost three, four months to complete watching maybe three months something like that um a lot has gone on over this holiday break so um saying what exactly i wanted to get into and i think it was what my friend wato who reached out or i yeah i watched the mini saints of newark and i was like oh this looks like a dope-ass crime movie like i love uh i like crime movies a lot i like gangster movies um I mentioned Martin Scorsese earlier, and I just love... I've never seen The Goodfellas, which everybody bitches at me for for not watching. and uh, But I have watched The Godfather, so, and I have also watched... Uh, oh, what's that one? Scarface. Scarface as well. So it's like, boom, I got like the perfect goings-ons right there. And actually, I'll, I'll let you all know now, uh, since you're here on the Patreon... Um, in the near future, I'm going to be doing, uh, the Godfather two also with Chris Long, who, who came along for that one. So, um, I was actually thinking about, uh, doing Goodfellas by myself, uh, the other day instead of good luck, Chuck. And I'm, I'm really glad I didn't because I think it would have been ruined. I think my roommate told me that it was like three hours long and I was like, Ooh, I am not staying up for three hours. Like, I think it was already like, I don't know, 10, 11 at that point in the night. And I was just like, Nope, Nope, I can't do that. Sorry. I gotta, I gotta go to work the next day. So yeah, I just chose good luck Chuck for that one, but super excited to watch the Godfather two coming up here pretty soon. So, uh, keep an eye out for it. Um, my experience with the show, I think, I think it might be good if I go into, um, the characters, um, and kind of anal- analyze them individually. So, off of the top, Tony Soprano. My god, um, James Galafini is just a, I feel like at first he didn't really have a grip on what the character was supposed to be, but slowly morphed it over time into, like, I, I was watching this, 
Good Morning America. I think it was Good Morning America thing the other day with like the cast reunited. Um, the actor, um, James Galafini, he actually died back in 2013, or I believe it was 2013, uh, of a heart attack, uh, which really sucked. But I only mentioned that because he wasn't there in that Good Morning America interview. And, um, I think it was, uh, Christopher's actor that mentioned that like it's crazy to think that tony soprano can go from one emotion to four other different emotions with all within the same scene which is uh, i always when i when i i think of when he said that i was like there were so many instances where like the telephone would ring and uh he'd get like some sort of code phrase like saying you know it was done or something like, and they had killed somebody. Uh, and then him getting like pissed off or something didn't go his way. And he, I think one time he even punched a wall, uh, like because he was pissed off at the phone. And, um, uh, I think he goes back to being happy because of like Meadow or AJ or something like something good happened to them. I remember early on, like there was a college episode that it was a really good, good episode. Cause he actually, he, he finds this like, informant past informant and he goes and kills him because he's been spouting off in higher education or something like that very relevant by the way but uh yeah no tony tony soprano great character great character he's uh, rest in peace um definitely one that will go down forever and i think next i'll talk about carmela uh tony soprano's wife carmela soprano um, she's really good in this, this show as well. Um, you know, uh, half of the show I feel is, you know, the mafia, obviously, but then the other half it mentions is like about his, um, family life. And I think, oh, what's her name? What's her name? Let me see. Let me scroll back up here and see. Eddie Falco was her name, is her name. And she just, Eddie does a great job as well, like being that housewife or playing the housewife. Um, like she's concerned for her children. She's current concerned for her husband's well being and especially the business that he's in. As they say multiple times throughout the show, it's like, Oh, they're in waste management. So, yep. Uh, only being in that line of work. Uh, yeah, if, waste management, if you catch my drift. Uh, yeah, they kill people, so <laughs> get over it. It's the mafia. But she plays that concerned character, um, both for Tony and even gets upset at him a lot of the time. Uh, but really plays that back and forth. She has some drama with her children, um, Meadow and AJ here. I also have. The children are good. Um, they definitely grown to their own. Uh, the, I was looking back through some clips and AJ, uh, the, his son looks so young, so, so young in some of the first episodes. And then he grows and he starts getting like this, like, uh, what do you call it? Like pomade or something. He starts combing his hair and has like a chin strap and it's just like really 2000s cringe. And, uh, it's really appreciated sometimes, but, to see how far that they've come, you know, from 97 to 2007, 10 years, a decade, that's like, it's a big portion of your life, especially if you're a kid like that, you know, I can only imagine people stopping you on the street and bugging you for something that was like, not okay, not bugging, but 
I don't know, just enthralled with what you had done and how you helped shape television. I, I fuck if I saw them, I would be like, "Yo, what up? I am so ready to talk to you. <laughs> Come here." But to move on, um, I think the next character I'll talk about is Jennifer Melfi, Doctor Melfi. Uh, this is Tony Soprano's uh, therapist. That's um, another really big part of the show. I feel like maybe instead of the part down the middle, half and half, I, I do say maybe even three three quarters because it's like mafia, family life, and then him talking to his therapist. Um, and that's probably one of the special parts of the show is that, like, you, who thinks, who thinks of, of, like, some mob guy going to, there was a little bit in the, I think it was the end of the first season that, like, he reveals that he is going to therapy and he's, like, working him on, on himself and stuff. And some people have a problem with it, some people don't. Uh, but, like, nonetheless, I, I just think, um, Dr. Melfi was just a, a, a great, a great character. Really, there was a time whenever Tony Soprano got up and was about to like hit her because he, she, we'll talk about this character later, his mom, but reveal something about his mom that like was like deep seated and it was right on the money, but it pissed him off knowing that she knew that and like got in her face with yelling and shit like that. And, um, really intense kind of stuff. She was like even an alcoholic and part of it. Like she was, she's concerned. She even has a therapist of her own for talking with Tony Soprano. Um, she drinks There's like one episode where she has like a bottle of Belvedere, like stashed away in her desk. And right before Tony comes in, like she's taking a few shots or whatever, just to deal with it. And it's interesting because she, when she talks to her therapist, her therapist is like, yo, you're like feeding a sociopath like um, Tony Soprano. Like you're just letting him do what he wants and he's not going to move forward. It's just a- another way for him to – another way for him to, I don't know, hone his skills in a way um, and the way of conversation, I guess. Uh, but nonetheless, I always – Towards the end of the show, I maybe got a little, like, down on the, on the, um, therapist side of it. It, it. Kind of was starting to wrap up more of the mafia stuff and the, um, and the family life thing rather than, like, the therapist session itself. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and then that's when we get to, let's talk about Christopher next. Uh, Christopher Moltisanti and maybe even his whole gang right there. Um, there's also uh, his con- consigliore or something like that. It's like his like right hand man, um, Silvio, and then also Polly Walnuts. I love Polly. He always has his hands out in front of him. He has that pomade, slick back, gray hair. Uh, really, really cool. Um, I love. Anytime, anytime it goes to the mafia portion of the show, I'm just like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted when I wanted to start watching the show. I want to see some real mafia shit and it's seedy. It's not always the best, but some shit goes down. Some shit goes down. They kill some people. They take some bribes. They, uh, whack a few people. They, you know, they do just anything and everything under the sun. And I really appreciate the, 
I don't know. Maybe it's the cause of them having such a long run, a decade long run that they were able to do all these sorts of things. But with Christopher, it's like his cousin question mark. Um, it's actually Carmela's Carmela was a cousin to, um, Christopher's dad. And so they call him cousin or whatever. So, um, Tony and him have a like father, son, or like cousin relationship. And so that's kind of nice. And, um, but I think the last two characters I'll talk about is Tony's mom, Tony's mom and uh junior. These are the two, I think it was in the first or second season that they like make a plan to kill Tony, like, and make it look off as other people. And, Oh, it blows up. I think like it, it's in connection with that, that one where he, Dr. Melfi made the realization about his mom and that his mom is the bane of his existence. And, um, just wants to see people suffer, like is just totally bitter and things like that. And, oh, the back and forth between his mom and him, Tony Soprano, just great, great. Cause you can see, you can see the trauma. It's deep seated. It's like he's really pissed off. Like, like forget the cameras or whatever. I, I thought he was pissed off and his mom is just so cold too. And it's, it's, going back and forth between the two um yeah no and maybe like honorable mental honorable mentions i'd say like janice janice is a good character his sister um they do this i think it's in the third or fourth season uh richie april uh, it's janice's husband for a little while she always tries to marry whoever's next in line or whatever and she ends up actually killing him which is a great part of the show she like calls tony and she's like i can't tell you what i did over the phone you just gotta come over and he's like oh okay i see where you're going with this so <laughs> let me get over there real lickety split and yeah they like clean up a murder together <laughs> well what a bonding experience <laughs> but nonetheless um i think the next thing that i kind of want to talk about is the I don't know. People always say that the show was the antithesis of a lot of these anti-hero shows or even television in general. It turned it from what we think is like serialized, like, I don't know, all in the family or uh, even modern day examples like modern, <laughs> modern day examples. Modern family is another good one. Like the office. It's very structured. It's very serial. Like, you know what you're going to get week to week, but I think even David Chase said in one of the interviews that I had watched uh, on YouTube was that he always wanted to keep the audience guessing and it was never, it was never the same show. Like you, it was, it wasn't predictable in the way that a, you know, all in the family or a modern family or whatever show would typically do. Um, like a Simpsons or a family guy, like it's very structured in those parts, but he even said that how he wrote it, it's like they would write four plot lines and they wouldn't necessarily line up, but they've had, they would have a thematic theme and that's when it turned from like serial television, like I was talking about into like, it's literally 
has become television has become an art form. Like you can do a lot more with TV than you can in a movie because it's spread over fuck X, X amount of hours compared with two or three, depending on how long the movie is. So I think maybe that why that's, that is special. Um, or that's why that is special. I just, I can't push back the fact like, me being today, like, 97, I was three. Like, I had no fucking clue what was going on. Like, who who the fuck was Tony Soprano? I was only worried about my applesauce. Fucking bitch. But... With this in particular, I... I see exactly where, after watching the show, seeing all those... I wouldn't even call them cliches... They call them things in movies like a MacGuffin or something. Like, they have some vocab or whatever. MacGuffin's like the, I don't know, it's like a trick or something. Like, you're supposed to be looking over here, but something else is going on behind the camera or something like that. I don't fucking know. But it took it from, it took those, like, cliches, or created those cliches, I'd say. Created those cliches, and then we start, we get shows like Breaking Bad, we get shows like Weeds, we get shows like, I don't know, Sons of Anarchy and things like that. Ozark, even, um, which is, I watched an episode of that the other day. That was actually not, not so bad. Um, it's all about money, but it's still uh interesting case study into what became what came before it and what came after it and well, you gotta give you gotta give the uh, prompts to the sopranos for doing just that and uh really really appreciate um i feel like there's two more things that i wanted to talk about before i kind of wrap it up today um and that is Shannon, my co-host for Into the Zeitgeist, she gave me a Times magazine, or excuse me, not Times, a Life magazine about the Sopranos, and so big old shout out to her, I'm gonna be able to go back through and, and read more about the different ins and outs of the Sopranos, and I hope to maybe uh, get a little smarter from that um and be able to bring that in on maybe even the godfather episode that i plan to do here soon so yay um last thing i I think a lot of people want to talk about this or just hear about it my opinion in general but the ending of the show the ending is very controversial (laughs) needless to say some people hated the fuck out of it just that it was a quick cut and people thought whenever it originally aired that their TVs had like gone out, like shit out, like right at that moment. But no, it, I think they even do it. They do it with Breaking Bad. Um, that's a good example that they leave it very ambiguous. Like Walt is just like dead on the floor, not dead on the floor. Like I think he's dying on the floor, but then they cut and that's all you get. So you, you get to think of the ending or they leave it ambiguous for a reason. And I think that's exactly what the Sopranos was doing, like leaving it ambiguous to see if like the final scene is them in a diner, like an old fashioned diner and they're eating onion rings (laughs) and having one family meal 
it's insinuated that they're like going to be killed or something uh towards the end but it like said it cuts and you don't get to see what really happens so it's left up to you as an audience member to pull meaning from that and Honestly, I think it was a good choice. I think you can make too many people happy with whatever you did. So, like, choosing that amorphous story structure, I guess I would call it, was beneficial to them. Um, at least in my opinion. But, um, takeaways. I guess my takeaway from watching The Sopranos is that Television can television does a lot more than what it used to be. And television is now something that we connect with. Like I'm seeing all these things on Netflix where it's like you know, trans rights or whatever, or just like uh, representation. That's exactly what I'm getting at. Like. We have television shows that you, me, Joe Schmo can choose and connect on a deep level with it. And I can't connect deeply with the Sopranos because I'm not a, not in a mob, but like everybody can relate to a family life. Uh, they have that in the show. They have a perfect, you know, the per what they call a perfect family, the mom, dad, and son, daughter combo. So relatable content. I think that's where the conversation is going. Um, you know, though it is a show about an anti-hero, like I said, with it changing, from serial television into really an art form, we were today reaping the benefits of all that the Sopranos, I guess, maybe even set out to do. And that was to get something that connects with you emotionally or something like that. And shows like on Netflix, I can't think of anyone in part, like, think of anyone in particular right off the top of my head, but. I'm just thinking that it's giving us more opportunities. I'm glad, like, if I could do it, I would be a writer. Like, uh, I I don't know if I can write dialogue or, or things like that. I find that a little bit more difficult um, to go, like, back and forth or whatever. I think it's easier just, like, improv improvised. But nonetheless, um, I think, yeah, that is my takeaway. Be grateful of the television shows you have now, because if we didn't have the Sopranos, God knows I don't think we would have had great television like we do now. We may just have reality trash TV and dance moms and <laughs> dance moms and selling sunset and TLC and whatever you my six hundred pound life. That's that's all we would have. So. I'm grateful for these more in-depth stories that we can really connect with and and move forward with um, together and create conversation points, create interactions, create, like, it's like a water cooler moment. That's what, exactly what I'm thinking. Like, I was thinking of Game of Thrones earlier. Like, everybody would come in and be like, oh, yo, you, you watch that shit that, like, happened last week, blah, 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 blah. Like, a serial TV show you can't 
you can't do that. You can't do that with the family guy. Like, oh, did you see what happened on Family Guy last night? Like, no, nobody has ever said that in their life, I don't think. And if you have, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but, um, it, it creates those watercolor moments and we, with the show itself, but then also with other people, we connect with other people because it connects with them, you know, and that's reverting back to what I was saying earlier being these inclusive shows. Like I'm connecting with, you know, like. Uh, this is a bad example because it's not like a drama or whatever, but like Queer Eye, like I can, I can connect with that show, um, on a different level, but in, in a similar vein. So I don't know. I don't know. It's just, um, take that in consideration whenever you're picking your next show. Um, I think it would, maybe even, that's why I don't watch TV shows a lot because I don't get that message. And I'm always looking for some type of message. Um, be it's one that's forced on me or one that I choose specifically. This one I chose. And so really appreciative of it. Um, with that, I think that's where I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, thank you for listening to this month's Patreon exclusive bonus episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I know you're already subscribed to the Patreon, but consider joining our social media pages to know when new episodes go live. Um, but other than that, I guess we'll see y'all next month. I gotta go watch the rest of that Sopranos movie. Bye-bye. All of our shows are recorded in the DFW, Austin, and San Antonio areas in the state of Texas. As you know, all of our shows are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash WDM1. The following names are at the producer support level or higher on Patreon, and for that, we're stoked for your sponsorship. Lone Star Aeronautics, Sharon, and Keegan Gunther.